in my repertoire. Every single bar is hard, spitting fire like I'm the human version of Taurus Hog. Welcome to the Trashlands Podcast. It's the only podcast about the Pokemon trading card game. Many other podcasts are about Pokemon, but the trading card game, Pokemon, that is us. We are the people that do it. Attendance is 133%. Me, Mike, Caden, Liam, uh, we're all here. Britt is not, uh, and that's mostly because of my scheduling difficulties. So uh, a shout out to Britt. Um, Guys, uh, I think the breaking news is that there was a review. Mm. Uh, on July 18th, Aaron left the following five-star review. Good knowledge and goes in-depth. Been listening for the past eight months and enjoy their banter. I appreciate how in-depth they go into matchups and tell their stories. Only issue is Dragon Shields aren't the best sleeves katanas are supreme have tried dragon shield six different times and all have been trash i went to a lot of trouble to get my son on the pod because i felt like he would really want to give the sponsor's perspective on that <laughs> liam opinions on dragon shield versus katanas um katanas are like they're so flimsy they're they're really really thin uh, like the the cards like you know they they don't feel like they have like any power behind them like your deck just feels a little bit worse it feels like pretty flimsy like it, yeah it's it's flimsy they're, they're <laughs> too thin uh, they're they're too thin they're too small uh, yeah. Like, yeah the way I've always talked about it is dragon shields a hundred percent do not have the best first shuffle out of out of all the different sleeves out there however I do think they have the best round nine shuffle like round eight by round eight round nine. I think you're going to be getting the best shuffling from Dragon Shields. Dude, I swear, man. Dragon Shields fresh out of the box. I love them so, like, you know. Uh, like, other sleeves aren't that durable. So, like, you don't have, like, 15-year-old, whatever, like, katanas. Like, those just don't exist because they, they fall apart too quickly. But, like, those 15-year-old Dragon Shields, like, those ones are crusty, man. I, oh. I like the ones that are really fresh. They Those feel amazing. Like, I mean, of course. But I got to say, I... So a few years back, I bought a case of Black Dragon Shields that I slowly worked my way through playing down Pokemon tournaments. And recently, I've been building a card game. And um, I'm building a, a deck-building card game. And I've been reusing those old sleeves. And they have worked great. They've worked really well, even though they're probably three, four years old at this point and all have been used at at least one or two tournaments. They still work great. That's actually it's so facts. Like... Real testament to Dragon Shield. You talk with anyone who's ever built a cube, they build it using Dragon Shield because cubes are like meant for longevity. Like mm. you're trying to run it at multiple tournaments over and over and over. Everybody who yeah. builds cubes uses Dragon Shields. Yeah, it's funny you guys say that because I also I've been saving my Dragon Shields that I use throughout this season, and I have I have world I have the like the four worlds decks that come out every year from every year. From 2004 up until you know 2022 and but i've always had them unsleeved and so i felt like that needed to change but i don't really want to buy sleeves just for those so i've been you know taking my sleeves that i use for a tournament and then putting the world's deck slowly sleeving them up um and i never felt like i could do that with something like ultra pros and i did like ultra pros a lot actually um but i didn't feel like I felt like they were dead after, you know, a tournament and a half. Yeah. Oh, Liam, I don't know about you, 
But it hurts me to hear you say that, Mike. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and just any anytime World Championship decks are brought up, I get. Uh, I know. I'm like, there's there's just a there's a of terrible wrong has transpired. <laughs> I I will say I never looked at the the Pacquiao list that did get did get um printed over Liam's until I sleeved up that deck the other day. And it's not quite as bad. Well, it's still not great, but it's not as bad as I thought. I thought it was like a Pakia Ice Rider Bibberol deck, but it's still like Pocky and Teleon just with one one Ice Rider. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one got second. The like hard Pocky Ice Rider got second mm. place in juniors, if I remember because, correctly. Because the more no, Ice Riders, I, I, you I add, think they're both against. Okay. It's still like pretty whack list though, because it has like Leon and uh Who won a game with that? In the finals. Yeah, like it had it had, it had way too many like bad one ofs. Like a Leon, a rare candy, like not not the good one ofs. Yeah. <laughs> not the shame. good one ofs, like abominable. I mean we had we had the optimal we had the optimal Palkia list. Our Palkia mm-hmm. list was was just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's like for all that, every time every time people sit down to play the twenty twenty two worlds format. Like the guy who gets the Palkia deck is the guy that got the short end of the stick, right? <laughs> yeah. Although, although maybe they'll be like, "Oh man, putting that Leon and that Ice Rider in makes this Urshifu matchup so easy." <laughs> is that? <laughs> does that yeah. does that swing it? I maybe. I don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think it does. But yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, regardless, Aaron, very much appreciate the five-star review and appreciate that you enjoy the banter, the banter. That's really, that's all I bring. So that's good. The banter, uh, guys on to the, uh, the next thing. Um, it's important. So let, let's cover, uh, a couple of Japan, um, things people got to cover, uh, really quickly. First, Mike, you were on the Mellow, uh, you were on the Lake of Rage podcast uh, this past week. So I was on it this time last year, and uh, yeah. myself and Charlie Lockyer did an episode with, with Kevin talking about uh, Day One of Worlds, because both Charlie and I have done historically quite well in Day One of Worlds. Um, and it's, you know, it, it does talk a little bit about the metagame from last year but neither charlie or, nor i played worlds last year so we really approached it as a bit more of an evergreen um interview and so there's lots of uh good chatter on there about different ways that you can approach um playing day one a lot of it we've talked about over the last couple of weeks anyway but uh if you're curious and maybe you want to hear charlie's perspective go give it a listen yeah, the the don't don't play a deck like Last Box that ties a lot is the stuff that was missing from a year ago that like you really get violently I think in this format right yeah. <laughs> when when the best deck ties a lot you're like oh that's strange we're in a weird format now um two other things that I thought were notable from last week relating to uh, the upcoming worlds first we said last week we'll say it again no pods for like the next two weeks probably. Two weeks, three, three weeks, weeks, probably three weeks, yeah. probably three, yeah. Maybe even, maybe you guys. I like. I won't even be back until like one month from now is the day I come back. I, I mean, so. I think we fly. Our flight arrives on t- on 
Tuesday or maybe it's Monday. We depart on Monday. We get back on Monday, but we were in the air for like 13 hours. Right. It's hard to yeah. imagine there being a pod the week afterwards. It's going to be a little bit of a show. Yeah. So um, we'll see. You guys might do one episode without me. Maybe not. Dude, Mike, you get in like like hours before the tournament starts, right? Like <laughs> I get in, uh, no, no, the Wednesday morning. <laughs> Doesn't the tournament start Thursday morning? No, the tournament is Friday. It's not like last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. The tournament starts on Friday. Are they doing day two on Saturday then? Yeah. And then all the top cut rounds Sunday? Or just finals, right? That's what isn't that's what they did last year, right? Just yeah. finals on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they did top cut rounds on Saturday, day one, day two, Thursday, Friday. Oh yeah. That's the only time they've ever did that though. Like every other world it's been day one Friday, day two, Saturday. Yeah, top cut in the middle of the night. Day yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's. Uh, but they you know, they only ad- admit enough players to day two to know that they can uh, do seven rounds so they can get top eight in easily. Yeah. Uh, so you know what? Here's a question I haven't heard anyone make a peep about. Any word on whether or not there should be asymmetric cut again? Did they do asymmetric cut they last year? They did do asymmetric cut. They yeah, they did. one extra round because like, oh, yeah. there was one guy who was in ninth who got in. Oh, that's right, Cal. Okay. Right, yeah. it was Cal. Um, I don't I know. Hope so I don't think they made an announcement. I'm surprised no one's actually talked about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm, all right, we're we're a little bit we on the cutting edge you. there. Uh, <laughs> the I, it, it, so the other thing I wanted to talk about quickly was um, I almost said we should have an emergency pod for the Yokohama closed. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, it's definitely unfortunate. I mean. It's super like, unfortunate. I, it sucks. Very, yeah. Like it, it sucks. I, I mean, a lot of it's already been said on Twitter, but like, why announce it if there was even a chance? Like, something ridiculous must have happened, right? I think. I think it was. Ju- it's just staffing. I think they just don't have the staff for it. Um, mm-hmm. like judges and whatnot. I just think they don't have the people to cover the open and. Someone messed up and didn't do the calculus on, correctly on whether they would have enough people. Hmm. I mean, can't they just do a smaller? Like, does it really work like that? You know, like they could always say, "Okay, we're only going to have a hundred people in the uh, uh, Yokohama Open." <laughs> I mean, I I think that would have faced similar backlash, anyways. Yeah, the Open um, is wild, bro. You just give everybody who like didn't make day two points or something. Like, what? Crazy <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, like. You're just punishing people who do well this season, next season. Like, what? That's insane. I think there are distinct benefits. I think the, in general, Goodbye. the Open's a good thing. But. I mean, just generally cube. speaking, we just should cube. always err on the side of more Pokemon. Like, like as a yeah. rule, that, that is yeah. better. Exactly. Encourage people to cube more. Encourage people <laughs> to cube more. Run yeah. more side events. Do something. William's like. super happy, so people will cube with him on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Yokohama Open getting canceled was the best thing for Liam. <laughs> not that. Not that he'll actually be able to cube himself. Because yeah, be, yeah, we're, uh... making, we're, we're all making day two anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter exactly, for us. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is all just setting setting you guys up for uh, um, whatever like stipend success next year. <laughs> yeah. So that was always guess... the challenge with these opens is the fact that like. Whoever does well there basically is like, ah, I got a stipend, yay, go me! Yeah, and like, literally, literally, if if you're in if you're in top eight, 
you can't play in the open. And then the person who wins the open gets a stipend to LAIC, who gets a stipend to OCIC, who gets a stipend to every IC, and then they get 5 million championship points, and it completely locks everybody who makes top 8 out of it. I don't Outrageous stuff. I, don't think that, I just don't think that's true. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really happen this past year. Like, no, I, I mean, like... One of them, like, Jake Santiago won one of them, and, like, you know, he just, like, used those points to get his invite and then chill the whole season. Uh... And yeah, then, yeah, and then you can always shell out the money to just go to LAIC anyway, and then get your stipend to OCIC from that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we should do a quick, you know, check in on how our testing's going. Um, uh, for so, me, but wait before before we talk about the testing. Uh, uh, okay, let's, okay. Talk, let's. I, I wanted to just take care of all of the other stuff. Um, you want to talk about Dylan Bustard for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to mention this the the last week or two. Dylan Bussert, uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's been in Japan for at least a week, maybe two weeks, and has been posting a lot on Twitter, a lot of really, really great information about his travels. Um, and it's really useful uh, for, I think, definitely for me, and I think for a lot of people that are going to Japan. Like, the first thread was just about... If you're worried about how to get from the airport to wherever you need to go, here's exactly what I did. Um, and it covered like uh, SIM card, pocket Wi-Fi stuff. It talked about the train. It talked about uh, you know, a bunch of like logistics, stuff like that. His more recent threads have been uh, reviewing the different places that he's been to, what he liked, what they didn't like, um, giving some general tips on the culture differences between Japan and the U.S. and what to expect. For example, he said, you know, there's not a whole lot of coffee places there. It's mostly tea. And that might be a shock for some people. Um, so I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot. It's a, he has a lot of tweets from the last uh, couple of weeks. But I would definitely recommend uh, if you're going to go take some time to read some of the stuff he says, especially if you're feeling a little bit anxious about logistics uh, and and that type of stuff, because that is very helpful. I, I, the one thing I wanted to uh, contribute to uh, uh, that conversation is I find his tips useful and then I start to read them and then Twitter throttles me. <laughs> and let me read like his entire thread. I do not understand what Twitter is doing. It seems like it's completely insane. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad Twitter stuff. Like you can't whenever like a blue check person posts a really long tweet, if I'm looking at it on my phone, can't look at it on my phone, really annoying. Uh I can't send links to my brother who doesn't have a Twitter anymore. You just can't open right Twitter if you right. don't have an account anymore. You can't look at anything. It's crazy. Well, that's Dylan started to uh post links to his tweets on Facebook. And I like was clicking on them, and it like didn't really work. And I was like, "It's yeah. insane, completely insane." All right, I'm sorry uh, uh, for cutting you off, but I feel like that that covers all the logistics portions. Caden, you want to talk about how testing's going? Yeah, I mean, honestly, not much has changed for me since last. Uh, not much has changed for me since last week. Um, to be quite honest, I am still between. Chimpao and Arctina. Um, I think for me, the way I'm sort of thinking about it, Arctina is sort of the safer pick, I would say. Um, it feels pretty solid into other Arc decks, and 
has you know good matchups across the board. It's hardest probably being Guardy, um, but I think and then Chen Pao is more of a sort of turbo aggressive high rolly. I think no matter what, I would play Chen Pao in day two. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me the question is whether whether or not I play it day one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Not much else feels good for me because I I'm not going to play I'm not going to play Lost Box or Guardy just because of time, and Lugia is bad. Um, Lugia is bad, and I prefer Arctina <laughs> over Arctura. So yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at. I don't know. Okay, I I I said the last two weeks that I wanted to play some Lost Tina, and I finally did, and it seems like. Everyone else in the world had the same idea that they would also play Lost Tina this past weekend. Um, I think the deck is good for sure. I don't know if it's as good as Twitter thinks. Um, Like people are, I don't know. I felt like every other post that I saw from challenges or cups this weekend was a Lost Tina deck. And maybe it's just because people are like, oh, we can actually play this deck. It's like kind of, it's like not new, but it's kind of new, right? Um, so maybe that has it a bit of completely different with jet. It's like, right, right, right. Like it's definitely a lot better now. Um, the jet energy is pretty nuts. Um, so I like the deck. I think it's, I think it's pretty strong. I don't think it's like insane or anything like that. Uh, it is a little bit faster to play game to, to play and finish games than like a lost box. So time is a little bit less of an issue. Um, it has uh, really just kind of, close matchups across the board, I think. Um, so I like it. Uh, I guess I'm considering it. Uh, I also still like Chi Pao a bit. Been thinking about Guardi again. Uh, Guardi's always kind of been like my backup uh, play, I guess. Um, so I've been thinking about that. Um, I will definitely, I, I think I said this last week, I would, I'm not going to play an Arceus deck. Uh, just not really my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, I think I think pretty much anything except Mew and Lugia are pretty reasonable plays. <laughs> I just I don't think I don't think those decks are terrible, but I just don't think they're there's I don't think there's any good reason to play either one of those decks over like Guardi, Loss, Tina, Arceus, etc. You ready for I'm my curious. thoughts on Loss and Tina? Okay. Yeah, I I already know what's coming. Oh, this is this is uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, this is the most predictable it. thing. Strap right, it, people. Yeah, anyone playing Lost on Tina, your win rate is negative unless you're Henry Brand. Henry Brand is the only one who can play it and have like a positive win rate. Like, you will mess up and it's bad. Anybody who's changed Henry Brand's list for their Lost on Tina list, if you added Manaphy, if you added Third Rod, if you changed any card in that list, you're doing it wrong. Henry Brand is. He's a genius. He's the only one who knows anything about Lost Tina. He's the only one who should play it. And if you're going to play it, don't change his list because his list is optimal. He's the only one who like knows what he's talking about with the deck. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think about Lost Tina. Don't don't play it if you're not Henry Brand. Like you're just you're not that guy. And like you know, I've told that to a few people already, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm going to give it a shot. Like maybe I can do it. Maybe I can play like him." You can't. Nobody can. Only Henry. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Lost Tina. Like. I'm I'm comfortable literally just coming in and straight auto losing to it because I think a bunch of people are gonna play it and they're all gonna mess up. Like they just don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, man. I I told you all I played that control deck, like um, or on my Twitter. 
I played that control deck with the V Union and like all this junk, man. And kids were just they were so bad. Like they're just like they, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just Tina, those are crazy. Like they're just all over the place. They're like n- nobody knows what they're doing with the deck except Henry. Um, I mean, let, let's be clear. You went like one three with that deck, right? <laughs> I'm 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 curious. I'm curious because I haven't played. Yeah. I haven't played enough against Lost Tina yet. How is its Arc Tina matchup? Its Arc Tina matchup's really good if you're Henry Brand. It's really bad if you're not. Like, if you're not Henry Brand, you're gonna get one. This is more directed towards prizes, and then you're gonna lose the game. (laughs) If you're Henry Brand, easy class, bro. Easy. I think it's. uh, I haven't played that matchup that much, but it feels favored for Lost Tina. Not like crazy. Um, I think the. I know, like, you guys were, like, back and forth on V-Guards. I don't know where you're at right now with V-Guards. Oh, I'm running um, V-Guards. Okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like way. without V-Guards, it's, like, really bad. Um, with V-Guards, it's um, close, but I still think slightly favored for, for Lost Tina, but not, like, ridiculously favored. Yeah. My experience has been Chen Pao has been pretty good against it. Um, against, against what? Uh, Lost Tina. It's felt mm. it's felt quite good, I at least for me in my testing. Um, yeah, he hasn't been testing against Henry Brand. The, <laughs> okay, great, yeah, I haven't. Been, this is true. This is true. You're right, Liam. The, I haven't. The, the issue I've I've come I've I feel like I've gone pretty even in that matchup. That's actually a matchup I've played a good amount. Um, I feel like I've gone pretty even. It's so threatening against Chi and Pad to go um, Path Roxanne Sableye the Bibrel. Like that is. A really, really, really hard play to come back from, and Lost Tina is like the only deck in the format that can do that. Like, other decks can boss KO Bibral, and then the next turn, like Iono Path or Roxanne Path, but Tina does it all in one turn, and mm-hmm. it's that's really tough. Mm-hmm. So you have to like kind of beat them before they can make that play. I, I feel like. Yeah, I will say I am. I'm pretty heavily considering whether whether or not to run Arceus. Mm. And I because I think Arceus helps with that quite a bit. I mean you just they have to boss kill the Arceus at some time prior um prior to the Roxanne turn. Which can be hard. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well yeah, then I just need one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if they're passing early, it's like you, you have pretty good odds of hitting your stop. Yeah, early. Um, I also I have the vacuum as well, so that gives me that's plus true. four outs. I feel like I, I I've been wondering if like because I've thought of, I've played a little bit of Arceus, like a little bit of one one Bibril, one one Arceus, just to kind of see. And I feel like maybe two two Bibril is just better than that. I don't know. Like it that might could be, be worth trying to. Yeah, I don't know. The list is so tight, it's tough. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Lost Tina versus... The matchups that I played the most of of Lost Tina are Lost Tina versus Chimpao, which feels pretty close, and then Lost Tina versus Guardi, which also feels close. The more I play it, though, the more I think it might be Guardi favored. Like, uh, the first couple times that I was playing it, Tina was winning, and now the, now I feel like Guardi's winning more. So... If we don't think Guardi is like going to be that big, though, then maybe it's fine. I don't know. Again, I think t- I think Tina's fine. It's just uh, it's like not super easy to play. I will give you that, Liam. Uh, and 
I just don't think it's, I think it's matchups aren't like um, great. They're like fine. Every matchup is fine, but not, no matchup is amazing. So why is Lost Tina doing so well if it's really hard to play? Is it just like because nobody else good? is playing anything else? Everybody's just playing Lost Tina. <laughs> so, so is, Lost is, Tina that, is that how Worlds is going to be? Is it just going to be like Lost Tina everywhere? No, people are playing it online because they know they can't play it. But online, there's no stakes. <laughs> like it's it, not, this always online. happens, bro. Like Lost Box runs the online. It's it's just how it always works because it's ninety percent of the player pool. Like anybody, anybody who like you know. Obviously, the really good players, they don't play in the onlines. And then the players, like, one tier down, they play in the onlines. And all those players, they know they can't play Lost Box, like the really good players. But they play in the onlines where there's no stakes so that they can, you know, have some fun, put their brain to the test. So all, all the, like, the good players, like, the best players in the onlines, they're all playing Lost Box, and they win all the onlines. And then, like, oh, it's so good. And then, like, 10% at a major because only the good players play it. Um, and then, like, they're, like, you know. I don't know. I think there's going to be a good amount. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a good amount of Lost Tina. It'll. I think it's going to be like ten, at least. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the players who play it are going to be playing it super well. I I'm confident I could be with Arctina like any day of the week because you know like they just won't set themselves up for Iono because they don't know the Henry Brand secret like reverse Iono sauce, right? And then they just don't set up for Iono, and bam, I just roll their board. Um, so like, you know, I just play whatever, beat the Lost Tina players. This means if you're thinking about playing Lost Tina, doubt yourself, bro. Doubt yourself. <laughs> also, this, this, nice said, this might be some crazy meta doubt manipulation. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that definitely had like a lot of meta manipulation vibes, right? <laughs> no, no, because I can tell, man, like right now, like people are anxious, bro. Like, you know, they, they think they've got some, but like, it's hard to beat everything and like, the, the the meta's evolving pretty quick. Like I, I just want them to doubt themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like no, Liam's, Liam's just building his control not deck. Work, right? Liam's just working on his control guard. deck. It's not gonna and work. And he's looking at Star Requiem, and he's being really frustrated that there's a deck that oh, can just use I've Star probably, Requiem. Like, <laughs> there are there are answers in like control as an archetype too. Ostina, like Ostina, especially now because it's not playing Drapion or uh, Snorlax, like. It doesn't have the same options that it had during the Lost Origin format. Like, it's not as scary of a deck right now. Um, yeah. For for like control to deal with, um, like as an archetype. Yeah. Um, okay. Two things. One. Another interesting thing that I feel like I've seen a trend of the last week or so is Arceus Umbreon is still very much a deck, but I feel like there's been a shift away from Duraludon to other stuff now most of mostly that other stuff is like flying pika kind of like what katron had but we saw some lists that played lucario v star i think uh as well in there so i feel like arc umbreon x is uh kind of like an in an interesting spot going into world flying peak is so mid like the lost box player you hit has to be awful if you're using in that matchup like it doesn't be anything bro like there's it doesn't beat anything. Like, why are you playing it? Don't play it. I mean, I think it's hey, like it's good against Gen Pao. Yeah. No. It's good against... No. <laughs> it's good against Gen Pao. It's good against Lugia. It, like, I mean, Dura is better against Dude, Lugia. I pro- but... like looking at that cross switcher boss in my hand, and I'm like, oh no, my opponent might beat me. Oh, I, one. I'm six. not saying it auto wins Gen Pao. I'm not so, like, saying it auto wins Gen Pao. Oh, it is good. Cooked. 
It's mid. Um, Find Pika. Mid. Don't play it. All right. So how about we go through the decks and just say what percent of the day one metagame you got what we think it's going to be. So I got how many decks? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, One of them is not a real deck, but I wanted to get to ten instead of nine. Um, You guys good with that? Yeah, this is great. This is great stuff. Wait, what? So I'm going to say a deck, and we'll say, like, percentage of day one meta, we think. Sweet. Yeah. About. You can give, like, a small range if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we'll start with Guardi. I'm not first. I, I think Guardi's we'll going to be, like, 10%. That's my feeling. All right, we'll, we'll go, like, Caden, Liam, and then back to me. I don't, Brent, I don't know if you want to do this no, as no, well. No. All right, Liam, what do you think, Guardi? Huh. This is a tough one. I can't tell if people are going to try to be nice or if they're just going to like send it. I'll say, I'll say eight percent. Eight percent. Okay. I'm gonna agree with Caden with ten. Now, that's crazy though, right? Think about that. Yes. Like NAIC had twenty four percent, Guardy, and we're all like agreeing that it's like ten ish. Yeah, um, I mean, people right. are. I think people are just spooked of ties, and that's going to bring yeah. it down a lot. It's also like it's kind of mid into the deck that did well at NAIC, like yeah. RCS Umbrian, yeah. RCS Tina, Intel Urge. Like it's not very good against those. Uh, all right, Lost Box, Turbo, yeah, Turbo. Either variant, both, right? You did, you didn't break them out, did you? Oh, like Charizard? You mean as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean Charizard's so low that it's basically negligible. Everything with Comfy that doesn't have a Giratina in it. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be like almost no Kyogre. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's going to be like probably also like ten percent Turbo, maybe fifteen. You think maybe you think add Guardi or more than Guardi? Yeah. It has, I mean, Turbo has way less time issues than Guardi does. At least in my experience. Um, I'm going to go... The deck just goes faster. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to go with 10 as well. Liam, yeah. what do you think? Seven. Um, Seven. The reason for both of my, my opinions, I've told you all this before, but the average day one player is going to be somebody who sent RCS to every regional and barely placed top 256 after IDing their last round or something. Um, and, like, these are not the kind of players who are going to pick up Guardi or Lost Box because it's too many brain cells. It's, it's not a hard deck. I think like, you're just wrong about the that. RCS players. Yeah, I think it, you're just wrong about that. Where, where are you coming, Mike? Which part? I am somewhere in between. Like, I agree a little bit with that sentiment from Liam. Like, I was listening to and i don't want to throw these players under the bus but i was listening to uh the lake of rage that was this week and there was four players that were kind of it was actually a cool episode it was uh lock boo sack and goof who i don't really know who that is um but they all got their invite for the first time this year. And so they were kind of, and they're all buddies. And so they were all kind of like giving their stories. They were going through their, the different tournaments throughout the year. And 
like as they're saying like the decks they've played all year it's kind of like oh arceus lugia arceus lugia arceus lugia and i was like are players like that really going to play arceus and lugia all year and then not play one of those for worlds probably not like they're probably just going to be on arceus and lugia so i do feel like there is a subset of players that that is true. <laughs> I mean, Lock oh, is I definitely going to binder That's drop the one. stuff with Arceus. Like the, I mean, yeah. everybody knows Lock. Lock's going to binder drop Arceus. Like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we can, we'll, Dude, I'll, I'll give my really percentage on Arc when we get there. Yeah. There okay. Well, like, let's do those next. Let's do those next. Let's, and Liam, you start us off. Arc, Umbreon, Arc, Umbreon, and then with anything. 15%. 15. Okay. All right. Kaden, what do you think? I agree with 15. 15. All right. I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say 12. I'm going to say 12. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. And you were at 10 for Guardi and 15 yeah, for Lost? Yeah. Uh, 10. I was at like 10 to 12 with Lost. Yeah. Okay. Well, 7, 8, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What about Arctina? 10. 7. Seven. I'm gonna give it all. Yeah, I think it's like a. I'd, I'd also like to add something, I guess. Um, or, yeah, yeah, yeah you can go first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight, just a little bit more than Liam. What do you want to add? Um, like I, I don't think you're gonna do it, but I think there is like this like subset of players too who are also like the RCS day one fiends, um, <laughs> that are going that are gonna play like Arc Dactyl Hammers or something like. Oh, this is the spice, um, like. No, it's gonna be like four or five percent of the meta. Like, what? Do we do we need a other arc category? You want like, that? <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, bro. It's arc. We don't have to. We don't have to do like that. that. Like, like, I agree. There will be hammers, stuff. and they're like, oh, I beat the mirror hammers. <laughs> Can we all so, agree that Lugia is just not even gonna be on the list? No, Dude, I, I, I think Lugia, Lugia is people's like sleeper pick right now. Like, I've seen. There have been like no multiple way. people who have come to me last few days and they're like, ooh, Lugia, because it beats Arceus so good right now. <laughs> like how does it beat I, I don't Arceus? think it would be non-existent. I feel like I feel like Lu- I feel like the rise of Arceus is a huge reason why Lugia sucks. Like yeah. Arctina is not great. It's bad. Um, it's yeah. bad. With Tomb. No. With Tomb, I, it's oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah. bad. With Tomb Path, four Judge, four Iono, like it's pretty bad. And then like Duraludon, I mean, maybe if people are not playing Duraludon as much, it gets a little bit better against Arc Umbreon, but like Duraludon, even if you play Urshi, it's like not a good matchup. Like, you could win, but it's not good. I, I agree, but I think, like, I've definitely thought this myself. People have come to me and told me they think it. Like, there are, um, there's an idea to try to build a Lugia that's like custom tailored for Arceus by jamming as many stadium bumps as you can in and trying to make your deck as consistent as possible. Because when people think about the meta, they think about what fighting attacker is most splashable. Galarian Zapdos obviously has um, Spiritomb issues, and there's not a lot of other very good splashable attackers. So when you think about what fighting decks are good, the first thing that you come to is Lugia. Like, you power up an Urshifu and you run through their board. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's 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 not a completely uh, like outlandish idea to say, maybe I can try to get Lugia to work. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think it's outlandish. I just don't think it's personally. I don't and and I played Lugia a bunch this year, it, even in this form, almost this format, right? Scarlet Violet format. So I like Lugia, but I don't think it's super well positioned. But I understand what you're saying, Liam. So yeah, okay, I mean, so Liam, what 
What do you think for uh, Caden? You want to real quick? Yeah, that? sure. I mean, I think Luke is going to be in the like three to five percent range. Okay. All right, four down for you. I'll what give it six. six. Six Lugia, seven lost, eight Guardy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to give it uh, five, so we're we're all kind of in a similar spot. Um, while we're talking about Lugia, let's talk about the other deck that I think sucks, Mew. Uh, what what do you guys? What do you think for 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 Mew? Two. <laughs> dude, dude, you guys are like people are gonna like just keep full sending the thing they were sending before, and you're like, but also they're yes. not gonna play Mew. <laughs> yeah, dude, I no, I I stick by my sentiment earlier. Like ten, I like ten? You know, I, yeah, On Mew. Here, I'm gonna give my sob story right now. Last <laughs> round NAIC, I hit some guy playing Fusion Spirit Tomb turn one. Oh, sitting on VIP Alessa Switch. Power tablet fusion. Well, and of course, this guy's gonna play at the like worlds. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy just ripped like the, the god hand like twice in a row against me. Like, why would this guy put the deck down? And there's so many kids like that because there's tons of you. Like, over the course of the year, there's been tons of fusion views in day two. When you look at that deck and you already know, like, the only way they got a single win was turn one cheesing kids. And why would they put that deck down? It's like a drug. <laughs> I, uh, I. I think Mew has always, like literally every single tournament the whole year, it's been in like the 9 to 12 range. It hasn't left that, maybe 8 to 12 range. It hasn't left that range. So uh, I will put 9 because I don't. I still don't think it'll leave that range. It'll be on the lower end, but it's, it's going to be in that range, I think, for sure. Uh, all right, let's talk about two decks that have kind of been springing up the last couple of weeks. Oh, an- another note oh, on, yeah. on Fusion, actually, though, is, yeah, like, Fusion is another deck that uh, I, among many others, I assume, uh, have considered because when you think about what's good this format, it's turn one KOs, right? Like, that's just a way to beat RCS. RCS, yeah. we all agreed so far, is the number one uh, deck to beat. Um, that's a way to beat RCS, uh, like, as a general theme. And Fusion does it pretty well. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable. All right, the two decks that have caught some fire the last couple of weeks, Lost Tina and Chi and Pao. Well, we've already talked about them quite a bit, so let's just give percentages. Uh, Chi and Pao. Ten. Ten seems reasonable. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think like ten. Eight. Eight. Yeah, I was going to say in the eight to ten range as well, so I'm going to write nine for myself. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Lost Tina. I think same. I think it's like ten for me as well. Yeah. I don't know if I crossed a hundred at this point, <laughs> but I, I, will, I will check. I will check once we uh, are. Yeah. Ten. I'm ten. gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna also write ten for myself. You're saying ten too, Liam? Yeah. All right. That's the one that we're. Guys, I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Like the thing you guys are doing wrong is like, I mean, you guys are ending up at ten for everything instead of thinking people are gonna like try to have a meta strategy. There's gonna be so much more Gardevoir. So much more Gardevoir. <laughs> Because, like, it was 24% at NAIC. That was the last big tournament. And, like, man, people are not going to say, oh, I'm going to play Intellion Urshifu now. Dude, dude but, like, like, all of the best are decks, so bad. All of the best decks coming out of NAIC just dunk on Gardevoir. That's why they're the best decks, because Gardevoir was 24% of the meta, and they dunk on it. So, like, you know, like, I, I think, like, public sentiment and, like, just, like, thinking about what's happening right now, like, people are, le- like, leaning away from Gardevoir because all of the best decks beat it. It's really hard to make it uh, beat the best decks. Like Lost Vacuum isn't going to save you for anyone thinking they're nice. Like I don't know. I mean, f- fifty. Like your average uh, um, 
person who got a, who had a good record at NAIC probably got their invite, and they probably played Gardevoir because like everybody played Gardevoir, and they're gonna be like, I did okay. Gardevoir you want to hear some Gardevoir horror stories? Like, my six three record was like you know two bricks and one bad matchup, and like it's all gonna be fine in day one. It'll be totally cool. Gardevoir horror stories. Two best testing groups in NA both play Gardevoir. I'm pretty sure like good majority of the people there all wiped out. Like I know Isaiah missed. I think I think Daniel Tavia missed. Grant Manley missed. Like Yeah, Bokari and Bokari, Bokari and Caleb were the only Daniel two. Daniel Tavia played um Yeah, he played Lost. But yeah. of those of of like the top, you know, yeah, those two groups, Bokari and Caleb were the only two to make day two. Man, all those all those guys came to the conclusion that Gardevoir was the best deck in given the current card pool and all these other guys are going to be like hardcore testing for the next week and they're going to be like, yo, Gardevoir beats these decks, yo. <laughs> I just don't think that's true, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, so, Gar- Gardevoir, like, Gar- Gardevoir's also like, it's too hard for like all the, all these like RCS players, bro. It's too, like, <laughs> it, it's not even a hard deck, but like, it's, it's too hard for them. One thing I will say, if I was playing Gardy, I think I would heavily consider going back to sort of the turbo variant with two Zacian and four Sealstone. Um, I think I think that gives you a substantially better matchup versus Did I, Arc. I, and I don't know. I don't know why you think like that gives you a better like Arcana Guardi is literally the best attacker. Like it has the most value across the entire meta in the Arceus matchup. Like, I'm just trying to increase sir. I'm just trying to increase your chance of getting turn two KO. What? Play play choice belt and three guard EX then. Like turn two Zashin six energy, bro. Choice belt actually seems kind of interesting. I think choice belt's good as well. Yeah, don't but. don't don't go for like two Zashin six energy or something. Like, and I think Arcana Guardi is a fine way to fine way to win the matchup. Like I I think like especially like especially versus like the the okay RCS players, right? The guys who like top two fifty six, like you could easily win like multiple sets in a row against um Arceus with Guardi. Like you just hit reversal Arcana and then that thing goes like you four prizes, take a Arcana KO, they can't boss around or else the Arcana goes again. They kill the Arcana, Zashin, Arcana again. Or Well yeah, Zashin. but I mean hitting the reversal is the big if That's there. Hard part, yeah. Right, right, right. Let's, let's finish this up. So all of us, all of us are like somewhere in the seventy to seventy-five percent range, and we've pretty much covered all of the the top top decks. Uh, I had two other decks written down. The first one, Urshi and Talion. Will that see much play at all? Mm, no, I think it's going to be like I think it's also going to be like two. Like there yeah. will it'll there will be some people playing it, but I think. Its biggest upsides, at least in my mind, are, are its pretty solid Guardian loss matchup. And I just don't, with those two, at least in my mind, being on the downturn, I don't think it's worth going. Has anyone here actually played that deck versus Arceus in the last like two weeks? Nope. It's something that I want to do tomorrow or the next day, though. I do feel like uh, Pika might actually be worse for Urshi Intel than Duraludon because yes. right because it means like you well, we talked about it a little bit actually like we it just like blows up your Intellion you have no way to deal with it so yeah so if that's like a trend that's not great for sure um okay so yeah like 
Probably like two to three. I agree. And then the last deck, Maridon. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think back to when when Nick Robinson won uh, uh, with like that Vespaquin deck. Like I don't know that the deck that wins NAIC and seems kind of janky gets sees any play at Worlds. Like right yeah. now, you know. Like I, I just I'm trying to think of instances where that the NAIC winning deck has been like a leading indicator of something. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I feel like from a ride on, I think it's like probably like three to five percent. Certainly less than it has been at the regionals, right? Like I feel like Maradon has always been overplayed at regionals. Like it's always been like in a, in the five to ten percent. I feel like, and I feel like, come on, we're at Worlds, people. Like, <laughs> don't play that. <laughs> I mean, Give I will say. Uh, I don't think Maridon is that bad. Yeah, I was um, just talking with Caden. Like, once again, you're looking for decks that one hit Arceus on turn one. Maridon. That's fair. It can also, like, there's been some lists with four path, which also seem like not terrible. That's funny. <laughs> so, but yeah, I agree. Probably like two to four percent. All right. And um, there's going to be other decks as well. Like, Liam, you mentioned, like, other Arceus decks. Um, there will be people bringing Gudra. And, and the absolute secret sauce I'm cooking right now. <laughs> there'll probably be a couple Ting Lu's in there. Maybe a United Ooh. Wings or two. I, you're right, Mike. Like, people got to be serious, man. Like, wow. <laughs> people are weird. I feel like, by the way, I don't know if you guys have given thought to, like, the decks like United Wings, stuff like... United Wings, Zora Box. But like those decks are like not good. I feel like if people are thinking that those decks are gonna be like a sleeper pick for worlds, I think they're like really not good. Just because Lost Zone might be a little bit down. Like Lost we talked about Lost Zone Tina, you can't beat those decks. Chien Pao, you're not beating that because Cologne. Uh I don't know. Like they're yeah, not great. Like Arctina and Gardevoir are both hard to beat because of yeah, like the Cress Iono and then just RCS Iono. Like both of those are hard to beat. So like you're like taking an auto, like a, an unwinnable loss, and then like your other matchups just aren't even that great. Yeah. Trust me, I tried Zorobox. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a sad story. You try you tried this format, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. You try it like post RCS hype or no? No, not not that much. A little bit with the I talked with Elliot a little bit with the uh, with the gold duck stuff, but <laughs> all right. I, so did we get through everything there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So uh, any any league challenges or cups of late that are worth discussing? Not for me. How I haven't gone to anything. How was the big red cap or red caps corners uh, league challenge? It was a great size. There was like 15 people. We had four rounds. We're out of there by 8.45, 9 o'clock. It was a good night. Actually, the deck that won, that went 4-0, Maradon. <laughs> but it had, it, it had a really easy path. Um, but the player running it was, is also good, though, too. Oh, yeah. I had a cup. Or I had a challenge, and it was best of three. Pretty awful. <laughs> I would have just left. I yeah, I should have. I mean, right. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
that this, so this is the tension, and I'm sure I'm sure many people have this tension. When Liam told me best of three, on the one hand, I was like, ha ha ha, bye, I'll see you later. But mm-hmm. also, like, I recognize, and Liam won that challenge. First challenge is one. Um, like, best of three smooths out the variance, which for Liam is like a really good thing. Like, no. Part of the challenge with all these with all these challenges is it's just Hyrule City, right? Like. You're like, am I going first? Am I winning coin tosses? Nah, bro. I saw a tweet from from Mace, and it's complete facts. Like, pe- people who hate on best of one because they think it like smooths out the variance are just playing inconsistent piles. That's what he said. <laughs> like, dude, like if if your deck just doesn't work one in three games, and you're like, but I need two others to compensate. Like, play a better deck. Your deck is bad. Play <laughs> something that functions four rounds in a row. Like, well, I mean, uh, wait. It, I mean, it's a, it's a card game, right? And so I know, and I, I think everybody agrees that if we switch to best of one tournaments, we could all get on that train, but you would want to play an extra round or two to smooth out the variance. Like, just, you know, apply mathematics. It's not about smoothing out. Well, it's smoothing out variance in matchups. No, no, it's, in, it's about, like... Not in, like, my opening it's hand. It's about not breaking game one, you know? Yeah. No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not about not breaking game one. That's about how cons- like how consistent are you building your deck. For me, it's about smoothing because Pokemon is a game that's very heavily determined. Like, in in many ways, it's so in detriment. It's pretty matchup based. Like, you have in any given format a, a lot of matchups that are how does you know, best of three pretty smooth good, out matchups? pretty bad. Well, no, if you have best of one but more rounds, oh yeah, that yeah, smooths yeah. out matchups. For, so yeah. for me, when I I like best of one because it smooths out matchups, and I think that is more important and more valuable from a game design perspective to smooth out than, you know, did I did I was did I draw a good opening hand? And like, yeah, why, know, whining I mean, about your? I think deck construction is different. Like, I mean, Liam Liam uh, told me that he was thinking about. Like, I think his working assumption was it was a best-of-one tournament, so he was thinking differently about the decks he was going to play, because... like Yeah, yeah. because in best-of-three, you get away with having your deck break one in three games, exactly. but you don't in best-of-one. Yeah. 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 I, encouraging people to play good functioning decks is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, when I was playing uh, best-of-one cups, like, when I was, like, trying to get points for my invite, like, Guardi, I was like, you know, I'm not playing Penny. Like we're like we're cutting we're cutting like cards like that to to play more consistency for best of one. Yeah. Mess with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just the challenge. Which I honestly, like, I prefer the the kids be net deck and and they show up with these high roll decks and you just have to like watch them high roll and hope it goes okay, right? Yeah, bro. Yeah, those kids are bad. You can beat them. It doesn't matter how good they draw. Like, there's no world where they draw good enough to beat. Like, kids are so bad, bro. Yeah, I mean, I I have. Historically, since COVID, I've done very well at locals. Um, I think out of the probably eight or nine locals or like best of one tournaments that I've gone to, I think I've only bombed one or two. Um, And I don't know, like, sure, maybe I'm just high rolling. Maybe I'm just high rolling best of one every time. But also, also like I'm... I'm very carefully picking my deck around, like Portland Cup. I picked Mew because it felt like the most consistent deck, and I didn't want to um, DT Mew, mind you, um, and I didn't want to just 
play like Lugia and and rely on high rolling. Um, like Lugia would not be a deck in a best of one tournament. <laughs> you just can't play Lugia, at least in its current state. I agree. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with that. <laughs> I disagree, bro. Like it's just win rate, bro. Like what? Like if you win eighty percent of your like, oh, I, I don't, bro. Like if Lugia is good, it's good at like. If you win games, you win games in best of one, and you win games in best of three. If you don't win games, your deck sucks, and you lose games in best of one, you lose games in best of three. Well, if you like, have best of one, even if you're adding, like, two extra rounds, you still can take less, fewer losses over the course of the day. Yeah, like, like fewer losses over the course of the tournament, sure. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're playing a best of one, four-round, three-round tournament, like, <laughs> dude, your, your deck better set up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and even, even if you have, like best of one and then we're doing like 11 rounds 12 rounds like you can take through what three losses well like so. all right here here's an example i wouldn't have thought like arctina is a a quote-unquote like by, by this criteria like a best of one deck right because like if your opponent just like turn two attacks as guardy you lose if your opponent like um or if you miss energy turn one you lose like there's all this random junk that can just go wrong and it's like completely out of your control but like the logic is, you know, two games out of three, very high, good majority of the time, they're not going to hit. Like, they're not going to hit that. You're not going to miss energy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, uh, Cliff Dalgard, he's he literally has gone, like, 5-0, like, six times in a row with Artina at our local events. And, like, it just goes to show, I think, like, if your deck wins games, like, you win games in best of one, you win games in best of three. And, like, that's just how it is. Like, if, if you have a good deck, it's a good deck. And it doesn't really... Like the win rate doesn't change from best of one to best of three. Like, sure. Anything else good deck that, is good deck. that we got to cover here? No, I think this was a this is a good final episode for for a bit. Uh, if there's anything to take away, <laughs> you're playing the wrong thing at Worlds. <laughs> everybody's everybody's choosing the wrong deck. Yeah. Liam's the only one playing the right deck. Yeah, Liam, Liam, no, it's because I know you're choosing the wrong deck. Like. Think about it that night before. He knows. He knows I'm picking the wrong thing. Like all those fears and doubts that I have about how my deck will perform tomorrow, tomorrow, they're gonna come true. He's gonna cook me. <laughs> See, he's saying this, and then I'm gonna convince him to play Arctina the night before <laughs> day one. Yeah, that, um, my my son has become a brilliant podcaster. These are the like hot takes. It's like it's like it's like uh, not not full Rush Limbaugh, but like there's some there's something Rush Limbaugh there. <laughs> absolutely random alright guys the John Pauls are our outro we'll see everybody on the other side of the world championship yeah <laughs> easy, easy. alright nice I gotta oh. go feed my yep. dog yep. Uh,